Hi there and welcome to All Day Intentional with me Tali Victory at Tali Vicky on IG. This is a space where I share life skills and tips as we rethink, relearn and reform and hopefully you get to pick a lesson or two. Should I meet your acquaintance, I'll appreciate you following or subscribing to the podcast, maybe even share with a friend or group. So let's get down to today's episode. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back. And today I'm welcoming me back um, because it's been a while since I did these monologues. I, the last three episodes have been interviews and I hope you guys loved them. If you missed out on any, please go back and have a listen. I am sure there is a lot you can pick from those conversations. And uh, a lot is yet to come. Actually, I never planned on having interviews in my first season, but you know, I'm just going with the flow. <laughs> So yeah, I'm really excited about that. And I'm also planning on having more before the season ends. This season is going to be 24 episodes. This is episode 20. So we have four more to go. And I hope you guys will be, will stay tuned for those as well. So yeah, today is just me and I wanted to talk about self-love. I know self-love is one of those topics that are uh, almost the boogeyman right now. Everyone is talking about it. And there's a lot to say, and I just thought I would share my thoughts on it. Uh, Maybe in future, I'll also welcome a specialist, maybe a psychologist or sociologist, or maybe just someone in that space to give us their perspective as well. But today is just me and my thoughts here. So yeah, I hope you enjoy. I hope you also get to pick something as usual. Uh, Yeah, this is just me sharing my journey. Yeah, hopefully um maybe i get to impact someone so yeah feel free to share uh subscribe or follow depending on the platform you're listening from and also rate i'd really appreciate rating is your way of acknowledging that you like the podcast and it also helps uh the algorithms of you know these platforms to uh, sort of market the podcast without me having to overdo it so um, I'd really appreciate your support in that way. So let's talk about self-love. Um, and from the call, um, there is a difference of personality. I find that there is a difference between self-love and selfishness. I know the people who still use self, the word selfish as a positive word, like they say, yeah, it's okay to be selfish at times, of which I understand where they're coming from. But personally, I tend to differentiate between self-love and selfishness. Reason being from my upbringing and maybe the society that yeah, I was brought up in, uh, selfishness was used to describe someone who doesn't give a F about any other person apart from themselves. And that to me is a good recipe towards narcissism. And yeah, that's why I prefer to go with self-love. I feel like self-love is more authentic and uh, self-love is, you know, I love love as I've said before. <laughs> and I find it yeah more authentic to go with self-love instead of selfishness. Uh, so as I said, the difference is that with selfish, the intention may, may not be pure, but when it comes to self-love, the idea is for you to love yourself enough to solidify your identity in a way that you know who you are despite what everyone else says. Um, so it becomes hard to be overly influenced by the environment around you because you have 
uh, built a solid identity that you have consciously chosen. And remember, this whole podcast always talks about being intentional with how we live our lives, with the choices that we make, uh, because, you know, uh, that's a recipe to drive us to uh, effects that we want to see, positive effects that we want to see in our lives. So, yeah, self-love is about you consciously being grounded in your identity, an identity that is one wholesome for you as an, as an individual. And I have also found that a solid, um, healthy, wholesome identity also means it is useful for the community around you. As I've mentioned, life is about cause and effect. And as I also mentioned in another episode before, uh, when I was talking about the flow of feedback is that you will always get feedback to the intention that you send out. So if they, if your life is quote unquote harming you, it is useful for you to check your intentions. Why do you do the things you do? And yeah, it comes back to self-love as well. The only way you can differentiate between selfishness and self-love is the feedback that you get from the intentions that you um portray or the intentions that you cast out into the universe. So that's what's the difference between self-love and selfishness. And um, what does unconditional self-love look like for me? I feel like uh, when we are talking about unconditional love, we are talking about a love that is not, um, it does not have an if towards it. Like, I love you if you do this and that. I love you if you follow the rules i love you if you dress in a particular way i love you if you do something in a particular way those are conditions so unconditional is taking the ifs out of it and what does that mean for self-love does it mean that we are not productive does it mean that we are not working towards bettering ourselves does it mean that we just let things be and be careless no no in uh, my opinion or from how I understand it, when we are talking about unconditional self-love, in at least in a healthy way, what it means that it's is that you are so grounded within yourself in a way that who you are is not uh, dependent on the things that you do, and it's not dependent on you know this physical body that we have. It's more about your consciousness, your intentions, and the way you show up in the world. And uh, that could also lead you to better yourself because number one, if a certain programming is not working uh, for your well-being and also for the well-being of the people around you, then it is not useful for you to keep that programming. So it would be self-loving to work towards writing a better program or learning new skills or choosing or making better choices so that you can solidify your identity in a way that is number one, useful for your well-being. And I will keep on repeating that because it all trickles down to your well-being and then it pours out to the well-being of the community around you. So unconditional self-love means that your love is not um, because of the things that you do, but uh, your love is it's the thing that solidifies what you do. I hope that makes sense. So it is 
it is not that you love yourself because you know you are gorgeous or the, you're the most beautiful person in the room or you're the most courageous person in the room or you're the person with the best credentials in the room but it is because um out of the love that you have uh, for yourself that allows you to be the kind of person that you are so yeah that's how I view unconditional self-love. And I'm talking about this because I know there has been uh, conversations or um, questions and interactions about uh, does it mean when you love yourself as you are, uh, you do not put in the work to better yourself? And I would ask why are you um, putting in the work to better yourself? Yes, I am a person who who very much advocates for personal development. That's my entire brand, I would say. Uh, but as I've said, it all comes back to the intention. If your development is for the sake of other people that is not aligned with your well-being, then that is not a personal development that I would encourage you to pursue. But if your personal development is very much um, grounded in the uh, in your well-being, in making sure that you're showing up as the best version of yourself for your own sake and for the people around you, then why not go ahead, uh, develop yourself, try out new things. You know, as I've always said, question what you believe, uh, question what you are told to believe, do your own research, make your own choices, choose your beliefs consciously because those beliefs are the beliefs that drive your life and yeah, personal development um, that is grounded in your well-being that is significantly a part of self-love. So you can love yourself and still grow yourself because the intention from which you're growing yourself is one to you know, improve the aspects of yourself that you already understand, you already appreciate, you already accept and you now want to make them uh, better or more useful or more productive for the betterment of your well-being and for the well-being of the environment and the people around you. And the other question that um, I see out there is, what's the difference between self-love and self-overly self-conscious? Um, you know, being conscious is a beautiful thing because it all comes down to awareness and awareness is a very important tool uh, to live in our life because if we are not aware of the things we do or of the effects of the things that we do then we are not able to observe cause and effect and uh, you know that will be catastrophic because we will not be sort of um how do i put it we will not be able to address when things are going wrong as a result of things that we have done. But awareness is the thing that allows us to realize what I've done has been useful in a particular situation uh, versus what I've done has not been useful. And I try not to use the word good and evil or good and bad because those things are very relative. Um, yeah, they are very relative and circumstantial. So I would prefer to say uh, what I've done is either useful uh, for the situation that I am in or not useful. So uh, consciousness is good to that regard. But being overly conscious in a way that number one causes you anxiety or makes you uncomfortable 
makes you over question yourself or overthink you know all these other negative or not useful results that come with um, being overly conscious then i wouldn't say that is something that we can align with self-love because you know when you are overly conscious then that means the focus is not even on you the focus is on the people around you and you fearing that number one you will not fit in or number one you will not give those people what you think they want from you and sometimes those those things you think they want from you either they are not things that you're willing to give in the first place and even if you're you're willing to give then um they are not exactly inclined to your well-being so every time you find yourself being overly um overly self-conscious then ask yourself because i, I find like that's some um, sort of recipe to anxiety <laughs> speaking from you know experience uh, so every time you find yourself being overly conscious just ask yourself the questions why is it or what about this situation is making me to feel uncomfortable what about this situation is making me feel wound up and uh what can i learn from it what can i shed out of it and from that understanding how can i make better choices about how i show up so yeah there's a difference between self-love and being overly self-conscious and one is groomed by insecurity that is self, being overly self-conscious and the other one is grounded in love itself or you know your well-being and that is self-love and then the other question is um self-love and boundaries okay that's not a question it's actually a point so this this topic about boundaries um many people have said a lot again uh, when it comes to the mindfulness or wellness space it's another boogeyman <laughs> that we keep talking about and to the negative side people view boundaries as something that is uh, me saying that okay I, I don't want anyone in my life or like an edge <laughs> you know a, a sword or something if you come this close i'm gonna hurt you kind of you know expression but when you look at it from the more positive or the more useful side you realize that boundaries are actually there to help us define ourselves and what do i mean by that what i mean is that boundaries allow you to see where your limits are and limits are not bad things i know when we grow up in a society that is so much inclined towards rules and regulations at times we become very rebellious and we want to test out all the limits but the funny thing about our systems is our systems know where the healthy limits are and yes it will take some time before you learn where your healthy limits are because obviously if you're a person who has uh, a dysregulated nervous system then you might confuse healthy limits from anxiety and you know these other reactions and responses as a result of your survival mechanism so it will take time for you to learn uh, which limits are healthy and which limits are just out of you know you trying to survive or you trying to keep yourself safe uh, in areas where maybe you don't even need to exactly keep yourself safe because you're already safe but because the situation looks kind of familiar then your body will react in a certain way so yeah there are those kinds of reactions that it's easy to confuse with healthy limits but healthy limits are limits that 
um, they allow us to stay alive in a wholesome sense. Because for example, you cannot go put your hand in a fire, you get burnt unless you are, you know, those people who've mastered those things. That's a whole other discussion. But, you know, things like that, uh, when, you, when you're putting your hand in fire to get to a point where you will respond by taking your hand out of the, your fire because you'll feel that pain. That is a healthy limit. Um, when it comes to maybe being in a situation where uh, people are looking down on you, you'll feel a certain way because you'll be like, no, that's not me. I am I am enough, I am worthy, I am worth of your respect. So you will feel a certain way because you realize these people are coming past the limits that um, I have placed or my system has placed to ensure that I am surviving in a healthy way. So think about boundaries in that sense. And I saw another, uh, what is it called? Another post on Instagram and you know, this many posts, I've forgotten their names, thread. Is it a thread? A thread is on threads, something. Yeah, in that line. And uh, the, I think it's a psychologist who was outlining the different types of boundaries that we have. We have relationship boundaries. We have time boundaries. We have space boundaries. Uh, we have thought boundaries. Um, yeah, and so on and so forth. There are about, I think there are about seven or so, if I'm not wrong. And it's useful for you to maybe educate yourself on the healthy uh, psychological aspects of boundaries because they will help you define who you are in a healthy way and be able to stand up for yourself in a way that it does not matter who you interact with. You'll be able to know, okay, this is how much I can go. This is how much I can give. And when I do this and this and this, then that uh, crosses my boundaries and it makes me feel a certain way that is not uh, good for my well-being or that is not good for my health, that is not good for my mind, that is not good for my sense of safety. And one of the people that I would really recommend this, I think her name is Heidi Prieb on YouTube. She talks about boundaries. There's also Till Swan, my favorite. I've mentioned her over and over again. She has also talked about boundaries. Um, I think her name is Dr. Nedra Wab. Uh, she also has a book on boundaries. Um, just look out for well-known um, and, you know, good intention psychologist. And I'm saying good intention because right now there are so many people saying so many things and it is easy to be gullible but the conversation if you're not aware of from whom you're getting information from. So go and look for information from when well-known uh, resources. Also, I think it's Dr. Nicole Lepera. She also talks about the same. Um, I mean, there's so many out there. But again, if I get a chance, I'll also bring a psychologist onto the podcast to talk about boundaries in a healthy way. But yes, self-love is very much driven by our boundaries because even unto ourselves, for example, boundaries are not just there, by the way, for other people. They're also there for yourself because, you know, if I go past a certain time, maybe I know that I sleep well between the hours of, uh, maybe midnight to 8 a.m. as an example. And I know that if I sleep one hour late, that will mean I'll have to wake up maybe, you know, I will have to sleep 
for less hours than my body is used to for its best functionality. And then that would mean that tomorrow will be a foggy day because I did not sleep well. And if I constantly cross that, that boundary, because now that becomes a time boundary for your system. Yes, you can you can alter these boundaries. You can push and pull them, as I've said, but I'm just giving an example here. So if you decide that, yeah, you're going to cross your boundary and not, you know, do what is useful for you, then you also need to be conscious about the consequences that come as a result. So again, I'm saying this because boundaries are not just there for other people. They are also very much there for our own self and our own self, sense of safety, sense of well-being and to help us thrive. So I hope that gives a summary of what boundaries are all about. But as I've said, maybe in future, we'll talk about this uh, a bit more. And the other thing that I wanted to mention about self-love is now bringing it back to our real lives. I know the many examples that I've given already, I've already touched on how they impact us and also how they impact uh, our environment or the society around us as well. And why I saw it as important to bring it back to real life is because as we can be so much in our heads when it comes to self-love that we forget that the very uh, reason as to why we are speaking about self-love is to be able to function in real life in a way that is grounding and in a way that is not reactive. I know many people have different triggers. We have different responses to things that happen around us based on, yes, our past and you know the first seven years of our lives. And it is useful for us to be mindful of how we respond and how we react. And one of the ways that shows that we are actively participating in our lives is betting on ourselves. And betting on ourselves means that we trust ourselves that we can be able to unlearn the ways that we have reacted before that have not been useful and now learn ways to respond to certain situations that are more useful. That's a very clear sign of self-love. And I, I don't mean to say that if you're still very quote-unquote reactive that you do not love yourself. I know it's very easy for people to cast that or project that onto people, and that is very damaging. I'm saying that out of experience, but I just want us to be aware. The more we understand ourselves and the more we work to understand ourselves, the key aspect here is self-work because these things do not come automatic. As I've said before, it took you over 20 years to be who you are right now before you got the useful information that you have right now. So it's not practical to expect that you're going to unlearn in a day or two or even in a year. It's going to take some time. But you putting in the work is a clear sign of your self-love. And once you put in the work and you start participating in your life in a more conscious way, then that means you're bringing the idea of the love that you have your you have for yourself into your real life because now it's not just about affirming yourself within your private spaces it's also about acting in accordance to the identity that you want to solidify for yourself on this earth so one of there are actually two things that allowed me to see that hey finally this self work towards self-love is working. And one of the things is that now I understand that I can be me 
and have people who love the real me around me. So one of the um, signs that maybe your self-love is not strong enough or your self-identity is not strong enough is that you tend to attract, not attract, <laughs> let's not use attract, you tend to keep people in your life who are not exactly useful for you. So because you are friend with someone like 10 years ago, you still want to have them around even if your growth now is not allowing uh, for them to stick around. And they have showed you over and over and over that they are not intending to change. And that means that sometimes you have had to sacrifice the integrity of your identity in order to have them around. So when that is the case, that means that, yes, um, maybe you love yourself. That's why you're doing the work. But maybe your self-identity has not been solidified enough for you to go out and now choose people and keep people who are more in line or in alignment to the person you want to become. And um, I have evaded from saying attracting because I'm gonna speak about this in future, by the way, as well. But just in a nutshell, this whole idea of attracting the right or the wrong people, sometimes I find it damaging because people think that if I attract something bad, then it means I am bad. But there's another refreshing and eye-opening post that I came across um, the other day. And it said that, um, you are not the people you attract or you are not the circumstance that you attract, but you're the person who or you entertain, you are the person who entertains certain things. So a better mirror to know the kind of person you are is not the people that come by. I've also posted this on Instagram, one of my posts that sometimes you do not have the choice of, of the people that come by in your life, but you do have the choice when it comes to what you want to stick or what you want to stay. And that's what define you. Not exactly the circumstances that you come by, but what you do with those circumstances. Uh, also, I think it's young Pablo who said that you're not defined by the reaction that happens when you're triggered, but you're, you're, you're identified by, by the response you choose to go by after the reaction because now then you're more conscious and it's not about the parasympathetic system that is trying to make you survive in that situation it's now about you consciously choosing how you want to show up so yeah that was just a by the way but just to remind us that uh whatever happens around you does not mean that you're the person who attracted all those things but things happens to all of us Everyone in this world comes across things that have harmed them or things that have not been exactly useful for their well-being. But how we choose to respond, uh, those are the marks that tell who we are. So yeah, coming back to one of the signs that I had in my life that defined, uh, that showed me that finally self-work was working and I was anchoring more into my self-love, that I was now more conscious about the people I allowed to stay in my life and yeah, I, I, I allowed them to stay because they were in line with the authentic me and not just the idea that other people have about me, you know. In my episode about authenticity, I also talked about the same. So the more you show up as your authentic self, the more you are inclined or people who 
who love your authentic self are, are inclined to you. So yeah, and also authenticity and you being authentic and showing up in your authentic and in your creative self. That is also a mark of self-love, by the way. And the other thing that, you know, I knew I had started anchoring within or being more in line with my self-love is when I became okay in letting people be, even if their kind of being was different from mine. So the misconception that we usually have is that um, we can only be around people who think and act like us. And yeah, in as much as it is useful when it comes to principles and the kind of people that, you know, the kind of lives that we want to live, we need to be in companies of people who uphold our beliefs. But that does not mean that if someone believes something that is different from you, uh, that they are quote unquote a bad person. You know, again, as I've said, because of how we were raised um, in our societies, religion, rules and regulations and socialization, it is easy to, you know, look down upon or dismiss someone who thinks differently from us just because uh, we have this idea that they are bad. But I find it useful to, you know, find a way to coexist with people because find a way to coexist with people because that's the whole idea of being in this world. We are all different. We think, we think differently. Um, the things we were taught when we were young were different based on the different societies that we came from. So the only way we can coexist in peace is realizing that we can be in rooms with people who think differently from us and not have that room erupt, <laughs> you know? So you've been able to like um, be solid in your identity will be evident by how calm or yeah, how calm you can stay in a room with people who have different ideas from yours, especially if you know, it is not a threatening kind of environment because I do understand, hey, if the people are out for your neck, run, run. <laughs> Don't even try to be in the same room with them for your sense of safety. But if it's just about opinions and perspectives, hey, we can have different perspectives and still coexist. The sign that I knew that I was more inclined into self-love is when I was done with people who think differently from me and not get triggered. Actually, that's the point that I was trying to make, <laughs> the whole aspect of being triggered. Because yes, you can sit in a room with people who think differently, differently from you and don't you know, get triggered, understand that you give them their space. But there are times where you sit in a room and people say something and it triggers you that just because it's different from what you've been thinking. Is That's when, you know, you get so defensive and you want to point fingers and so on and so forth. But when you start anchoring within yourself, you start realizing that, hey, just because I think differently from me does not mean it's a threat to my identity because I know uh, what I've chosen, I have analyzed it, I have researched on it, and I have consciously chosen it. So my self-love is solid. So yeah, there you have it, guys. Um, yeah, I've talked, I always mean to talk more uh, less than 30 minutes, but I don't know why I always <laughs> come out talking or uh, speaking for this long. But yeah, I do appreciate you being here. If you stayed till the end of this episode, uh, I think the next episode will be interview will be an interview, but no promises. 
let me know what you think about self-love what has been your on um what has been your journey with self-love what's the self-work that you're doing to allow yourself ground even more in your self-love and in your identity and yeah just share it on the q i think it's is it a Q&A section below? Something like that, or it's a comment section, but now Spotify allows you to do that. So if you're listening um, from Spotify, please, please, I would really love to hear or to read your feedback on the same. And yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my thoughts on self-love. And I hope uh, you get to be here again on the next episode here as we rethink, relearn, and reform. See you next time on All Day Intentional. Bye.